What up fam, I'm Elena, a certified nutrition coach, personal trainer, and hormone specialist. I'm a former public educator turned holistic fitness coach, and I'm on a mission to disrupt diet culture and educate individuals on how they can heal their gut issues, hormone imbalance, and food relationships caused by chronic dieting, inflammation, and autoimmune or chronic illness. My philosophy for coaching is simple. Eat more, move better, feel amazing, because life is too short to feel like shit. So let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 40 of What the Funk. Now, today's episode's a little bit different. Today is a little more just kind of squirrel brain and thinking out loud because I feel like this is a conversation that needs to be had, even though I don't have like, uh, this is not a, hey, this is what's going on with you. And this is how to sort of start addressing it. And here's some resources. This is just like an open conversation that I wanted to have about something that I've noticed that I struggle with, but also so many of my clients and so many people that I talk to on social media. And I'm not going to lie, I haven't necessarily researched this before as these two conver- as these two topics correlate to each other. This is all just like anecdotal observations that I've made and thoughts and feelings that I have about the situation. But I thought it was worth the conversation. It was worthwhile for me to do this. It's been on my brain. I've, I've admittedly been hyper fixating on it just a little bit. So we're going to talk about my thoughts on... ADHD, fitness, and why I'm seeing so many individuals come through my coaching program, right, in my coaching container who struggle with autoimmune disease or chronic illness and also struggle with some type of neurodivergency, typically in the form of ADHD, but then they also might have additional contraindications to the ADHD, such as anxiety and depression, like I have. So let me just kind of give you guys a little bit about my backstory. Okay. So I was, I'm one of those, you know, as many of us are, as many women are one of these like late diagnosis ADHD years. And I've discovered this, I, I kind of had a feeling for like a long, long time. And like the more that I learn and the more that I read and the more media that I take in surrounding it, it's very clear that I had ADHD as a child. It just never got diagnosed. Granted, you know, I grew up in the nineties. Mental health was a very taboo thing. Um, and in a way, I'm kind of glad I didn't get diagnosed when I was young younger because the stigma surrounding those types of diagnoses um, during that decade and even into the early 2000s, I I think it might have limited myself more than I sometimes even limited myself, right? Because I would struggle with some aspects of ADHD, I realized that there are certain things that I never finished or followed through on or really accomplished because they didn't click in my brain or I struggled with pursuing them because of things that I perceived and the way that I perceived the world and my ability to accomplish things, but I didn't really have a name for it, right? We have a name for it now. It's called ADHD, Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, which is interesting because there's not really like an attention deficit. It's an attention disorder. (laughs) Like I can focus on things to an astonishing degree, but Being able to focus on the right things at the right time is where I've always struggled, right? And it's almost kind of like a superpower because like I can hyper-focus so well on something that I can become an expert. Like there's so many random skills and pieces of information and random knowledge that I have due to my ability to hyper-focus on something. 
but because I'm, I can hyper-focus on the wrong things, it's also left me struggling in other areas of my life that I've really had to recover these, these issues. Now, the interesting thing about ADHD is essentially it leaves you in this chronically heightened state of fight or flight right? Um, And again, I'm not a psychologist. So this is just my own like anecdotal experience on the whole situation. But there was a lot of stress and a lot of, you know, trauma from my childhood that contributed to some of this stuff. And that's where it left me, I believe, um, having deficits with what are called executive functions. Okay. Executive functions. And I can't remember all six of them off the top of my head. I have, you know, my notes they're buried in my notebook somewhere next to me, but I won't try to dig them out right now because I just wanted to have a very candid conversation. Um, executive functions being things like time and task management, project planning and prioritization, emotional regulation, um, working memory, right? Um, so remembering things. Um, and it's been interesting because everybody has different neurological deficits, because these are neurological deficits. They are neurological pathways that never completely formed individuals with any kind of neurodivergency um, or even because you can have executive function issues even without ADHD. Even if you're just dealing with anxiety and depression, you can have executive function concerns. Struggling with these executive functions puts you in a constant state of fight or flight. (laughs) Meaning that you're in a heightened state of chronic stress. And if you listened to my last podcast where I talked about hunger signals and stress eating, um, I kind of outlined how chronic stress leads to your body's inability to manage inflammation. And because your immune system is compromised, um, then you can develop chronic illness and autoimmune disease and gut issues, which that's, that's like a whole of it. Like they're all related. Right. And I am always a big proponent of like the gut brain axis. I did, I did a whole podcast on the gut brain axis and how it's related. Right. Um, a couple podcast episodes ago. And then I talked about, Oh, what was, it was, it was episode 36, I believe where I talked about the gut brain axis. So if you haven't listened to that one, go take a listen because it talks about how the digestive system and your mental health are very inextricably linked. Um, but I always thought it was really interesting that one impacts the other, but there's almost now this love triangle now. It's not even the gut and the brain. It's like the gut and the brain and like this, this executive function deficits and there, and that's, and that's its own thing that almost exists like itself off to the side, right? Because that's sort of the outcome of struggling with mental health is you have these executive function deficits that make it difficult even to care for your body and then to manage your autoimmune chronic disease and chronic illness right? It, it, it makes it, and even gut health. So it's like you have the, these mental health concerns that impact your digestive health, that impact your, your immunity that can cause further disease. And each one of them is impacting the other, but the way to solve the problem for the other one, because the other one is an issue, it's a catch 22 where the thing that needs to be solved is the thing that's causing the problem in the first place right? So how do you navigate that? Like, okay, are you just screwed? I don't know. You know, I'll be very honest with you guys. I don't even know how I've gotten to the point. I think because I hyper fixated on learning about my body and about my diseases, right? It was a hyper fixation. That's why I freaking turned it into a business. You guys come on now. 
That's like the most ADHD thing that I could think of is like, let me take this thing that's been impacting my life for the last several years and completely make it my entire personality, my entire career, which has been super fulfilling, like zero regrets on that front. But (laughs) right, like I took a hyper fixation and my little blog that I used to have and all my little research that I would do on holistic, you know, stuff on nutrition, on inflammation, on the body. And then I continued to pursue it so incessantly that I made a whole ass business out of it. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if it gets more ADHD than that. And so I think that because I was also hyper fixated on it, I was able to sort of push through by sheer force of will on managing the physical side of things. But as I'm continuing to coach and so many of my clients are coming to the table with this sort of trifecta of issues, right? They've got executive function issues. They've got autoimmune or chronic illness. They've got something else going on and within their gut health, right? They've got this trifecta of things going on. And it's like, where do you even freaking start now? There is something that I do within my coaching that I think helps a lot of the situation is that I'm very flexible in my coaching strategies. Like I had a client, I, I've got this one client, I've been working with her now for a, uh, it'll, it's a year. We just came up on our year anniversary and like she's told me multiple times, she goes, I'm so happy to have found a coach that's like flexible and supportive. And I'm just like, it boggles my mind that people would come across coaches that wouldn't be flexible and supportive. But then I also realize that if you were a neurotypical coach, you might think that the adjustments that individuals who are struggling with executive functions is them being undisciplined or lazy. And a lot of us that struggle with executive function issues or neurodivergency or any combination of those, even you know whether it's ADHD or depression or anxiety or OCD, that we struggle because there is a shame, there's a cycle of shame, the shame spiral of the things that we wanna do are seemingly simple but they're so difficult to accomplish, okay? I'm gonna read you guys, I posted a thread. God, do we really need another social media app? I haven't posted on it since then, but there was a thread that I posted because as I'm realizing, as I'm coaching, as I'm learning, as I'm researching, as I'm reading, as I'm listening, right? I'm learning that individuals who struggle with executive function, specifically time management, prioritization, um, task task initiation, and uh, project management, um, is the habits that other people can form that are automatic, right? Like brushing your teeth. Okay. That are automatic, never become automatic for individuals with executive function deficits. Okay. And we can develop routines and behaviors that we can do consistency but the mental energy and the mental load that these behaviors require never decreases. It, it never gets easier. I mean, it does a little bit over time, but it takes a long time because you can, you can repair some of the disconnect with executive function, but it's never going to be all the way there, right? So like the, it's never, it's not like, oh, 21 days and you build a habit. It's like, no, nah, it does not work that way for individuals who have these disconnects in their brain. So I'm going to read you a, um, a thread that I said. So negotiating with myself to work out, dot, 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 but realizing it's not the workout that exhausts me, but the steps to get to the workout, get dressed, make a snack, fill up my water, grab my bag, snack, and water, check to make sure that I have my wallet, drive, eat my snack, get out of the car, 
sit down and put on my shoes because I wear my sandals from the gym. Put my bag in the cubby, then work out. This is my brain every day with every task. And now I get why I feel so limited some days with what I can accomplish. And it was interesting. It got, you know, not like an overwhelming response, but like I also posted it to my Instagram story and a lot of people like reply and they're like, oh my God, why are you in my head? I'm like, because this is what we deal with, right? And I'm noticing this massive correlation between people who have ADHD, anxiety, depression, with digestive issues, and they also have hormone imbalance. And this hormone imbalance sometimes comes in the form of autoimmune disease and chronic illness. And there's like no research that I've found on it to like talk about this because ADHD is also very poorly researched <laughs> on top of it, right? And then when, if it's a women's disease, like if it's a disease for females, it's even also more poorly researched, right? So it's just like... <laughs> what do we do? Are we screwed? I don't know. Maybe, but I think that there's ways to get around it. So, you know, I just, I'm, I'm starting to research and learn more because this is directly impacting the way that I coach and the way that I approach things with my clients and how we goal set and how soon we expect certain things to be accomplished. It's stands to reason that somebody who has any kind of executive function concerns would take longer to get from point A to point B than a neurotypical individual because of the mental load it takes to even shift the simplest of tasks, like putting your clothes out for the gym the next day, okay? Like getting to the gym in the morning, like meal prepping, because it's not just meal prepping, okay? It's, I need to look in the pantry, see what I've got in the fridge, make a meal plan, make a grocery list, go to the grocery store, come back from the grocery store, put the groceries away. Then I have to cook all the things and then I have to portion all the things, right? There's, and even within the cooking all the things, there's multiple steps in there too. And the mental load from those little tiny steps doesn't really ever get easier? Can we become more efficient at these behaviors and these routines over time? Yes, but they are likely not going to be automatic. That doesn't mean that we can't build efficiency around them. And I think that that's kind of the point that I want to make is that I think we need to release this like expectation that we're just going to like do things automatically and it's not going to be a stressor to our brain. Like I know for a fact that there are certain things that I'm going to have to create as non-negotiable routines within my life in order to find the consistency that I want to find within certain things. Because admittedly, and again, I'm human, working from home creates a different struggle for taking care of my physical body than it did when I was teaching and on my feet eight hours a day, right? It's different. Is it less stressful? Yes. Do I get to sleep a little more? Yes. Is that better for my health? Yes. But sort of the lack of structure and routine that I have because I run my own business and I've had to create my own structure and routine and it has gotten easier over time doesn't make it easy. It doesn't make the day easier just because I know what to do. The actual doing still takes mental energy and it still takes mental load. But anyway, I just wanted to kind of share my thoughts um, on like ADHD, why we struggle, things like that. It's really funny because I've really started to become just more open about this whole like 
I don't like exercising. I don't like taking my vitamins. I don't like it, not because I dislike those things or I'm ungrateful for the ability to do them. I'm so grateful that I'm in a, that I'm able-bodied. I'm so grateful that I have the resources to access quality supplementation that helps me manage my chronic health, right? But I dislike the mental load that they take. And I think it's one of those things where like, I'm kind of sick of the toxic positivity within the fitness industry that's like, oh, we should just be happy to be able to do this. And if you're, you know, bitching about it, then you're ungrateful and you need to shift your mindset. And it's like, no, I'm done with that game. <laughs> like, I don't want to play that game anymore. There are some days where it is easier, but most of the time it takes some effort. And it gets tiring having to constantly put in that effort. Am I going to keep doing it? Yes, I'm going to keep doing it. But I don't have to pretend that it's easy or that I necessarily enjoy these routines and tasks, even though I know they're good for me. And again, that's kind of where like the concept of self-care comes into play. Well, like you guys know, I love taking a bath and like reading a book with like sparkling water and like unwinding at the end of the night, especially if I train in the evening, I like to take a bath at the end of the night because I'm so, if I work out in the evening, I will not sleep. Like I won't fall asleep until like one o'clock in the morning. Um, and so taking a bath is the only thing that gets me to like wind down enough where I can fall asleep by like 11. Um, and so I don't necessarily, where was I going with that? Oh my God, you guys, I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, nope. I don't remember where I was going with that. Um, but anyway, I was talking about training in the evening and having to unwind at night. Oh, self-care, self-care. There we go. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to my brain. You guys just, <laughs> just <laughs> buckle up. It's, we're in for the ride. I was talking about self-care, how like, I talk about self-care is not just Manny petties and bubble baths, even though those are wonderful. And I did get my nails done this week and they're super cute because my girl, Jen is a queen and like, she's so down for anything. It's the most fun thing on the face of the planet. And I got a shorter manicure this time because I do have my piano and voice students starting back up because it's July and they've gone back to school already because Arizona is crazy and they send our kids back to school in the middle of July. But I'm starting back with my piano students next week and I want to be able to play piano without my fingernails clicky clacking on the piano. But anyway, self-care <laughs> is not just Manny Petty's and bubble baths. It's doing the things that we know are good for us, even when we don't want to do them. But that doesn't mean that we have to be like falsely enjoying the entire process every single step of the way. You're allowed to rage. You're allowed to be annoyed. You're allowed to like, just sometimes I will sit there and look at my vitamins and I just go, <sighs> I don't want to do this, but I'm going to do it anyway. And just like saying that out loud, <laughs> makes all the difference in the world <laughs> and just not having to pretend anymore. Like I'm so done with the pretending. So if you enjoyed this little chat and if you related to it, literally just DM me. If you just want to have a candid open conversation about this shit, like I am so down for it. Um, and I'm super excited because eventually I will be coming to you guys with some more podcasts, some more research and some more content surrounding this. But again, I'm still learning. I'm still researching. I'm still looking for resources. I'm looking for, you know, even other coaches or experts within the ADHD industry. Cause I really want to bring in some experts for my clients for resources and do some trainings that can sort of just live in our client resource hub and our training app. So that way I can continue to support my clients who struggle with executive function and or neurodivergency and or mental health because it does impact our ability to care for our physical bodies 
And it's not an excuse to not do it. It just means that we have to be more creative and more patient and more gracious with ourselves with how we go about it and more flexible in our approach and being willing to adjust and change as needed. Which is why, like with my clients, it's really nice because they can text me, you know, five days a week that if something comes up and we have to adjust, all they have to do is say the word. And it's like, okay, cool. Let's, let's, let's adjust. Let's switch. Let me walk you through how we're going to, you know, make this amendment to where we can still prioritize taking care of yourself while honoring the stressors and the struggles that you're dealing with in your life, right? That's the benefit of coaching. But anyway, if you enjoyed this um, and you're also a fellow, you know, ADHD or whether you've known your whole life or you're like me and you got diagnosed when you were 30 years old <laughs> and you're sort of on this journey trying to navigate it all, um, I would love to hear from you. If you found this podcast uh, helpful or enjoyable or funny or just like relatable in any way, shape or form, uh, please uh, leave a rating and review. This The podcast overlords enjoy it and it helps push the content out to people who need to hear it. I hope you guys have a wonderful day catch you on the next one. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning into the What the Funk podcast. Be sure to leave a rating and a review and don't forget to take a screenshot. Tag me on Instagram. My handle is at elena.m.fit. I would love to hear what you want to hear on the podcast. I do respond to DMs. I would love to talk with all of you. I'm so excited for you being here today. Thank you so much for the support and I will see you next time. Just a quick disclaimer for the information found in the What the Funk podcast. I am not a licensed medical professional, mental health professional, or registered dietitian. The advice and recommendations given out on this channel and on this podcast are not intended to diagnose or treat any kind of medical condition or mental health condition. If you do think you have a medical condition, please speak with your medical provider. Please consult your medical provider before implementing any kind of supplement regimen or exercise regimen or nutrition regimen into your lifestyle, as well as be aware that listening to this podcast does not constitute a coach-client relationship. Thank you guys so much.